danger. It's dangerous. Everybody come to the breakfast club. I call this the hot seat. <laughs> You're wild. You're wild. Can I live? You are out of control. I can't even deal with you. Y'all are so petty. Why are y'all so petty? most dangerous morning show. DJ Envy. Captain of this bitch. Angela Yee. I stay in everybody's business, but in a good way. Charlemagne the God. The ruler rubbing you the wrong way. The Breakfast Club. Made for everybody. Good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning, Angela Yee. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. DJ Envy's running a little late this morning. Yes, he is. And drop one of Clues Bombs for the NBA draft. That is tonight. Why do I feel like the NBA draft isn't what it used to be for Thotties? Now, before we get to that, Charlemagne, you had major news yesterday. What was the major news? You have a deal with HBO. You're, you have a show coming to HBO. Oh, yes. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. The Gray Area. Drop one of Clues Bombs for uh, the, the Gray Area soon to come on HBO. Yes. That's a, a, a show I'm doing with HBO. I am in business with HBO now. So give us some more information. Uh, my Viacom deal is up, and I needed a new television home. So HBO Okay, so the place to be. Tell us more about the show. Um, It's going to be... This is exclusive. This is, you know... Yeah, it's going to be a one-on-one interview special specials, a series of specials, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with different uh, influential figures. It could be artists, it could be athletes, it could be politicians, it could be people like Elon Musk, you know? That's okay. it. Simple. Alright, so Elon Musk is one of the people. No. Oh. Not yet. I, I was mean, trying to get some spoilers. No, 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 no. Not, not yet. Not yet. But I, I want to I wanna do interviews with people in uh, various places. I want to take them to where, like, they had pivotal moments in their life, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so if it was Elon Musk, it would be? Um, Probably where he f- first fell in love with technology or where he first felt like he could be Elon Musk. Like, if I was interviewing somebody like, uh, let's say, Steve Jobs, I'd be in the garage where he first... Well, he's dead Well, that now. would be amazing yes, if you pulled that That would be that amazing. Off. But I'd be in the garage where he first started, you know, taking apart computers and putting them together. Stuff okay, like that. Okay, all right, got it. Yes, absolutely. All right, now you can get to the NBA draft. No, I'm just saying, I feel like the NBA draft is not what it used to be for, for, for thotties. I feel like they used to get really excited on Thursday nights in New York City when it well, was the NBA draft. Well, you also might have aged out of that uh, group of people that do that. But what that got to do with the young women? Because you probably don't know these young women. Oh, so they still out here. They just trapping different. I don't know, different. but what I'm saying is you might not really That is know. very true. You they might could, be out of the loop. You uh, don't really go to those events. That is very true. Are y'all trapping different? I just want to know how the NBA draft thotties are trapping different. Do y'all do it via social media now? Have y'all been DMing these young men for months already? You know what I mean? Because that's what you should have been doing. You should have been DMing them for months already. Because after you DM them, congratulations and stuff, when they get drafted and then you jump on AD, they know that it's not real. Now, there's a lot more access. So a lot of people don't have to uh, come face-to-face with an athlete to want to speak to them. Yes, or, that's what I'm saying. It could be happening via right. social media. So it, it might not be that I have to come somewhere where they're going to be. I could actually just send a DM. Y'all should have followed Trey Young a year ago. Okay. Y'all should have followed all of these guys that are going to be these top picks tonight a year ago and been 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 their fake friends since a year ago. So it looks more real when you tell them congratulations and you hanging out in their section tonight at whatever club you're going to be at. All right. Well, thank you for that advice, Charlemagne. I'm just here to help. <laughs> That's all. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, oh, a shout out to Styles P and Adua Styles. We had an event at Juices for Life. 
the juice bar that we have in Brooklyn. They both came through and talked about finances and relationships and how they've managed to get on the same page when it comes to staying together. You know, it's really difficult uh, for couples. One of the main reasons that couples get divorced is because of finances. So they talked about how they went from the path of first starting out at a very young age, getting a lot of money to getting on the same page financially. Yes. Um, so, yeah, shout out to everybody who showed up and to Styles P and Adjua Styles for coming through and sharing with us last night. And today is Throwback Thursday on The Breakfast Club. Now, on Throwback Thursday, sometimes we like to interview artists that you may not have heard of, heard from in a while. And today we have a very special Throwback Thursday guest. Sure, they want to ride with me. Yes, Young Buck from G-Unit, okay? The man who stabbed somebody for Dr. Dre. Let's you not case- put that out there. He says he wasn't, well, I guess he... I thought that was a factual. Oh, okay. Well, we'll find out. I don't know if he owns up to that. Like, oh. yes, I stabbed him. Yeah, I thought he got arrested for it and everything, didn't he? All right. Oh, I don't know. We'll talk about it when he, <laughs> when he, when he comes. Young Buckle from, from G-Unit will be here this morning. And you got front page news up next year? Yes, we are going to be talking about Donald Trump. He did sign an executive order yesterday, but what does that executive order mean for uh, these families and that are being separated as they try to get into the United States? Okay, we'll talk about it when we're up next. What tune are we starting with this morning? Black Boy JB, look alive. look alive. Okay, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne the God, Angela Yee, uh, DJ Envy will be here shortly. Now we got front page news, Yee. What we got? Okay, my mic wasn't on. Um, yes, let's talk about Donald Trump. He has signed an executive order to keep families together at the border. Now that is to stop more migrant children from being separated from their parents at the southern border. Here's what he had to say. We're signing an executive order. I consider it to be a very important executive order. It's about keeping families together while at the same time being sure that we have a very powerful, very strong border and border security will be uh, equal, if not greater than previously. I didn't like the sight or the feeling of families being separated. Uh, There's a problem that's gone on for many years, as you know, through many administrations. I mean, he's not lying. I'm glad he uh, has seemed to do the right thing. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't trust no media outlets anymore when it comes to stuff like this because they are preying on people's outrage. And it's hard to tell what's really going on because a lot of these images of kids they have been showing us were, were from 2014 under the Obama administration. One, one image they're showing us of a kid in a cage was actually at a, a, a protest in Dallas. So you don't even really know what's going on out here in these streets. Well, the main thing is that now they're not going to be taking kids away from their parents, a lot of times unable to reunite. I think they said the youngest they've seen so far was a seven-month-old who was taken away from their parents. And if that doesn't hurt your heart, I don't know what what would. Well, what about all the kids that have already been uh, taken away from their parents? That's what they're unclear what's going to happen. There's about 2,300 kids who are already taken from their families. It's unclear what is going to happen. They said reunification is always the ultimate goal of those entrusted with the care of unaccompanied minors. But sometimes these kids might not end up getting reunited. And they also say there's a lot of mental issues that come from these kids at such young ages being put into these situations. 100%. That's trauma. Mm-hmm. 100%. So you're ruining people's lives when you do something like this. And not only that, how can you trust uh, the people that they're in the care of? How you know the people that they're in the care of aren't pedophiles and molesters and all kind of other stuff? Well, there's also stories of there's uh, kids who are as, as young as 14 that have been housed at a juvenile detention center in Virginia, and now they're giving their own statements about being beaten while handcuffed, locked up for long periods in solitary confinement. They were that. left nude and shivering in concrete cells. Uh, one person who was a Honduran immigrant said he was sent there when he was 15 years old. 
He said they would restrain him, put him in a chair, handcuff him, and put a bag over his head. A lot of these kids were accused of being part of gangs. You know, Donald Trump has said gang activity is a justification for cracking down on illegal immigration. But what they did find out recently is that many in many of those cases, the kids weren't in gang members and ended up suffering from mental health issues. Mm. All right. Now let's talk about Pittsburgh. Uh I don't know if you guys were watching what was happening. I saw this unfolding yesterday. But a police officer in Pittsburgh fatally shot a 17-year-old who ran when they stopped a vehicle suspected in a shooting. This is according to authorities and a local mayor. They are still trying to figure out what happened. But they did identify the victim as Antoine Rose II. Uh, He's black and he died at a hospital. He was a passenger in the car that was suspected of being involved in a shooting earlier Tuesday in a nearby community. Now, witnesses do say that the police officer uh, flagged down uh, the car and then they saw a vehicle that matched the uh, witnesses description. They're saying that there was some type of shooting that happened. And according to witnesses, they didn't say exactly what the commands were, but there was commands and the kids got out of the car and started running. So not exactly sure, you know, what went down, what they yelled at the kids to try to get them to stop. But they did end up shooting and killing an unarmed 17-year-old who ran. When do you, when do you ever really hear these uh, police officers tell these kids to stop? You don't ever hear freeze and nothing. All you hear is gunshots. Like, even when you watch a lot of the police videos, you don't hear nothing but gunshots. When right. they, they don't give these kids no chance. So, uh, you know, again, that was Antoine Rose, the second this happened um, in Pittsburgh area. All right. Uh, Oh, and you know, Instagram is launching a YouTube competitor now, IGTV. That's going to be long-form videos up to one hour long. As as if people need more time (laughs) to express their ridiculous, empty rhetoric. I wonder if this is going to be a real uh, competition for YouTube. Are people going to go to IGTV instead now? I seriously doubt it. YouTube's got such a great head start. I mean, anything can be challenged, but I seriously doubt it. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. And a happy 50th birthday to DJ Scratch. Shout out to DJ Scratch today. Drop on the clues bomb for DJ Scratch. Birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, my brother. One of the best DJs in the world to ever do it. Now, uh, we got Get It Off Your Chest right now. 1-800-585-1051. If you want to vent about absolutely anything, or if you just want to call the Breakfast Club and tell us that you are blessed and black and highly favored, or just blessed and highly favored because you're not black, whatever, call us. Or maybe you want to call Charlamagne and say, this is who you should interview for your show. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need your suggestions. Why not? I appreciate y'all, but no. Drink. I'm fine. Okay. It's the world's most dangerous <laughs> morning show, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. You're mad or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So you better have the same energy. Yeah. Good morning. Yo, it's The Breakfast good? Club. Oh, okay. Get it off your chest. Oh. I'm sorry, Angela, but oh, what's good, Charlemagne? What's you up, my brother? Show, man? 803, yeah. what's happening? What's good, what's good. Hey, bro, I just want to let you know, bro, like, I'm proud of you and I'm happy for you for that new TV deal because I don't I don't think people who don't live or grew up inside of South Carolina know how hard it is to get into the entertainment industry. Like, it's extremely hard. It's a lack of resources. It, it's tough to make it out of this state, bro. I'm proud of you, bro. Keep working, man. Hey, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. That means a lot coming from my peoples, brother, from my oh, South oh, Carolina man. folk. Uh, good morning. Why don't you uh, get it off your chest with us? Hello. Hey, Good morning, Angela Yee. Hey. Peace, my brother. What's happening? I'm just calling to say that I'm super blessed. Today is my 30th birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Um, I just want to say, you know, I mean, it's not looking like it's supposed to be a good day, even though they said it was going to be, but I'm just happy to be alive. That's 
pretty much it. It is going to be a good day for you. Don't let the weather make you think otherwise, sir. The weather may be bad, but you can be good. Well, where are you from? I'm from born and raised in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's raining. It's raining up here in the tri-state right now. You'll be fine, sir. Have a good, have a great day. Thank you. I appreciate that energy. I just got to hurry up and go see Incredibles before Luke Cage comes out tomorrow. All right, good morning. Why don't you get it up your chest with the Breakfast Club? Who's this? This is Dwayne calling from Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn is up in here today. What's up? Yeah, what's up? I just want to say, make a comment, man, about this this stupid Trump administration. Like, they taking these kids away from their parents, and then he got these people, got people saying, oh, why don't people, oh, you're going to take, you're going to take kids, you're going to take the families in and let them come live with you? Well, instead of taking the kids away from the family, just don't let them into the country. That's the way of punishing them. Why are you going to take the kids away from the family? The kids got to be mentally, um, um, they got to have mental issues going on, and, and they're going to be broke down so many ways. Why would you do it? Well, yeah, and, I mean, that, that's, also, the, that's it, the whole point. They want to detain them and then send them back. That's what they should do. They should detain the families for a second and then send them back. And it's also, by the way, not illegal to come here to try to seek asylum. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm saying, this, 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 this president, man, he has no, no empathy for nobody. And then he got people in this in this country that's saying who's not affected, whose families is not affected by the dumb stuff that he's doing, and and making excuses for him. It's just not right. I'm gonna be honest with you. Trump's not thinking this thing through though, because if I was Donald Trump, instead of building a wall, I would build a big ass Trump towers on the border, right? And let all of the immigrants come there and they'll have to stay there while they're detained. So it'll be a nice place for them to stay. And then just have the government pay me, you know, uh, money to have them stay there. And if you can see on Twitter, I I posted an article about financially how many businesses are profiting from this too. Exactly. So it's it's a money thing for him. And he got us thinking like he, oh, he's trying to protect the country. He ain't trying to protect the country. And besides, isn't his wife from another country? Yeah, she's an immigrant. And why they only... We all immigrants here in America, sir, except for Native Americans. I'm telling you, though, Donald Trump should say F building the wall and build a big-ass Trump Towers so when immigrants come across that border, they can detain them there, and then he, the government— no, but what he'll probably do is build that Trump Tower and then have a work for and don't even pay him. <laughs> so, okay, like true that. that. I don't think yeah, exactly. He got Im- illegal immigrants working in the Trump Towers all over the country. What's wrong with having them work at the Trump Tower right there at the border? All right, now. I'm serious. God, these are people we're talking about here, though. Some of these people are seeking asylum. Some people are fleeing all kinds of awful situations. I don't know if that's any of these things are solutions. Have you, ever been, to, have you ever been to a Trump Tower? No. He definitely got illegal immigrants working in his Trump Tower. I've towers. never been to a Trump Tower. 100%. <laughs> all right, we are doing uh, call, us, call us up and get it off your chest. So you guys are going to tell us why you're mad or why you're blessed this morning. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up, wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Good morning, it's The Breakfast Club. Who's this? This is Reckless TV. How y'all doing this morning? What's, What's up, up Reckless TV? Get it off your chest. I'm so happy today is Thursday. Next week, I'm going to be chilling in Orlando, Florida on vacation. Yes. My birthday is June 30th. I'll be turning 23. Oh, you a cancer like me. My born day is June 29th. Oh, definitely, man. Shout out to you, man, because you're also 29th, right? Yes, sir. Also, shout out to my page on Instagram, my media page, Reckless TV, R-E-C-K-L-E-Z-Z-T-V. It's better than academics page, and it's better than World Star. And Angela Yee, if you out and you need somebody to cover your spot, I got you, girl. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, Envy? I can't. You must have been a hell of a graduation party last night. Y'all must have turned up for you to be late. Hey, you know what it was? How many bottles y'all ran through Good at morning, Logan, DJ Logan Andy. graduation, his eighth grade graduation party? We ran through like 12 <laughs> bottles of apple cider. <laughs> we were popping last night. My goodness. Hello, who's this? 
Hey, what's going on, man? This is Mr. Petty Party, and I'm here to air out my cousin. Uh-oh, All right, Petty, Petty Party. Petty Party time. Get it off your chest. I want to get it off my chest, man. My cousin, he has a great thing going on. Like, he has a great platform. He has an online web series. And he hasn't been keeping up with, like, with this web series. We all gather around the TV every Sunday when the show was popping off. Got people coming over to the crib. We buying bottles, chilling, blazing. And he said he's going to put the show up, and the show never comes on. So I think it's important that I air him out. He's got a great thing going. And I think that if I air him out right now, that he'll start getting back and doing what he's supposed to be doing. Okay. That's true. A lot of times you got to shame people into being great, sir. Absolutely. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is Nigel calling from East Beach. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Yeah, I'm just getting off my chest, man. I'm just tired of hearing every morning that we calling these natives immigrants, man. You know, I don't understand why we deporting them, why we separating these kids from them. I mean, at the end of the day, they're natives to this land. I mean, it is on the news yesterday. They talking about a state wanting to apologize for slavery and everything. So that's South I Carolina. Mean, that's not that's not just any state. That's my hometown of Charleston, South Carolina, apologizing for slavery, sir, yeah, as the rest of America needs to do. Yeah, and I, I ain't knocking none of that, man, but I'm just really getting tired of hearing. We, we calling these natives immigrants. We run them out there. It is we can go into <laughs> Syria and everything. Hold and on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's hilarious. These, What's that? You can't, take, you, said- you can't take out the cocktails so these people can live comfortable in, in their country if we want to say it's their country and not a part of the United States. I mean, Hey, did you even hear what you just said, bro? You said, I'm tired of y'all calling these m****s immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of y'all calling these m****s. Janet Jackson will be on the new cover of Essence magazine, and it's the first ever happiness issue that they're doing, so that comes out on Friday. And she did an open letter, Letter from My Heart, where she talks about conquering depression. She said, I wasn't happy with the way I looked. 
I was happiest when I was pleasing others and not myself. An older and wiser Janet might have said, true happiness is knowing you're doing the best you can. She said her 30s is when she suffered the most from severe bouts of depression. She said, these were difficult years. The struggle was intense. I could analyze the source of my depression forever. Low self-esteem might be rooted in childhood feelings of inferiority. It could relate to feeling to meet impossibly high standards. And she continued on saying, I found my way through it. Now the height of happiness is holding my baby son in my arms and hearing him cool. And when I look into his smiling eyes and watch him respond to my tenderness. So that uh, actual magazine will be on newsstands June 22nd. You can read she must got an album coming out soon. Why you say that? Why not? Why, is she on the cover of a magazine? I'm sure she's about to do something. And she's on tour, too, right? She's on yeah, tour. Yeah, she's been on tour. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's probably about to drop some music. All right, Jesse Williams has been ordered to pay $100,000 per month in child and spousal support. Jeesh. That's 50000 for spousal and 50000 for child support. They said that he makes about $521,000 a month, and that's why the actual ruling is so high. He used to pay $33,000 a month in spousal support. He also had to help cover legal fees. That was about $160,000. How many kids he got? <laughs> what do they have, two kids? I thought it was two. Yeah. That's a lot of that's money. That's a lot of money, $100,000 a month, 1.2 million a year. It's cheaper to keep him, man. You got to work that out. He might not be in love anymore. He might don't want to deal with the stress. You got to work that out, my brother. Jesus Christ. Well, I guess that's about one-fifth of his salary, about 20% of his salary. 20%. All right, Meek Mill, let's talk about what's going on with him. Now, there was a, uh, the judge was going to rule whether or not that he's going to get a new trial, and she said she needs more time to rule on that. Janice Brinkley what? is still his judge. Now, Meek's legal team, crazy. as you know, has been saying she has a personal grudge against him. And there's 1,500 other cases involving the same police officer that was the corrupt cop. And those defendants have all switched to the same different judge. But for some reason, Judge Brinkley wants to keep Meek's case for herself. Well, who's going to judge the judges? Who's policing the judges? Because clearly this is an unjust situation going on. Both the prosecutors and Meek's team agree that there should be a new trial granted. But so far, she said she just needs more time to figure that out. How long can she do that for? How long can she need more time? I have. She said she just hasn't made her mind up. And for some reason, they won't assign another judge to his case. You don't let people practice medicine if they're practicing medicine unlawfully. So why are you letting this woman uh, be a judge when clearly she has it out for Meek Mill? Who's policing her? Seems like she's just waiting to see if Meek Mill does something else to get him in trouble so she could be like, ah, I got you. I told you so. That's mm-hmm. what she wants to say. Also, mm-hmm. it, feels like some, uh, it feels like she's gone too far with this now and she can't admit, well, I was wrong and give up. It's like a you know, challenge or something. Right. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. When we come back, it's, it's Throwback, throwback Thursday, Thursday, baby. Young Buck will be joining us from G-Unit, so young, we'll kick you, it with Young Buck from young G-Unit. Buck. Young Buck got so many stories. He does. That's why he's a perfect Throwback Thursday guest. And let's keep in mind, hmm. he once stabbed somebody for Dr. Dre. Allegedly. Was that alleged? I don't think he was found guilty. Of the stabbing, because remember, all he had is, was a, well... A fork. Yeah. We'll let him discuss. All right, when we come back, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, Young Buck. Young Buck. Yeah. What's up, son? What's Feel up, my good brother? Good to be here, man. What's up, big bro? I can't call it, man. Chilling, man. Getting to it. Champagne, man. You got some music out of your album. Champagne. It's been a long time. Feel good to be out here just with something fresh. Something different for the streets and just following up with the whole campaign. You got a storied history, though, Buck, man. How long you been around now? Man, in this game, I probably met Baby back when I was 
13 going on 14 years old, just chasing my dreams. It started with him, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then, uh, so you were you originally were you signed to Cash Money or just nah, affiliated? I never got to the paperwork part. Uh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Nah. But was it actual, was it him or was it just juvenile? Nah, juvenile was after Cash Money. Honestly, I had started with Cash Money. I spent my life from 14 to probably 19, mm-hmm. 20 years old of just being amongst the camp. Like I say, the whole push in the beginning of me coming around Cash Money was to kind of make the picture, dress the picture up in a sense. And uh, I just decided to go ahead going by my business and, and take my own journey. So I took what I had learned throughout my years from 13 to 19, went back to Nashville, you know, came back because I felt like, you know, I wasn't getting getting that look out of baby or cash money. So Did they I'm, present you with paperwork to sign a deal? Did they... Nah, thank God. Because the first time I met you, you right. were on Juvenile. So UTP. Yep. Juvenile yep. was doing my, first my, time my, I ever my met album. You. Without and then that was the first time I met you. So what happened with Juvie? Well, after I came back to Nashville, I started my independent grind. That's when I really started to experience, you know, seeing money from the business because back then it would only cost you $300 to press up a 1,000 CDs. Mm-hmm. I was selling them for $10 a piece. Kind of slowed me down from in the streets because my music phone started working more than this other phone, you right. dig? And uh, out of that whole uh, experience of that led to me getting a call again from Baby. Mm-hmm. You know, this time it was more or less, yo, I'm about to start this uh, group called Headbusters. And uh, the group was supposed to consist of me, his nephew Derek, which is deceased now. Uh, God bless the dead. Yeah, God bless the dead. Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And another guy by the name of Stone, he died in prison with me, you know. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, I went back to go try to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm 20, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Then growed up. I got a local buzz now. I got a few local records out. And I just went back to make that journey happen again with them. And it, it didn't happen. But in the process of being there, you know, things wouldn't like how it was when I left. Uh, I got there. I'm like, what Manny? What Baby? What BG? You know? And I would ask Baby that. I'm like, yo, where, where's the other guys? And he, he just basically was like, you know, they're around. Juvie happened to pop, pull up at the office, and when he pulled up, uh, he was kind of shocked to see me there. I'm like, I've been here for a whole week. And uh, he was like, man, you want to get up out of here for a minute? You know what I'm saying? And uh, I took that ride with Juvie, and that's where my career started with Juvenile because mm-hmm. on that ride, he was explaining to me his situations of what he was going through with Baby, and not just him. Everybody was having their different little situations. And he just said something to me that stood out. He was like, look, man, you've been around the camp for a long time, bro. And, uh, you know, I got my differences or what or whatnot, but I got my own thing going, which is UTP. I got my own artists. I can't make you no promises, but I will promise you, you will get heard over here. Mm-hmm. So I just told you, hey, man, run me back over to the office. Let me get my, my, my luggage. I never look back. In, in the process of being with Juvenile is what led me to meeting 50 Cent, though. Mm-hmm. The Juvenile got you hurt? Yeah, Juvenile got me hurt, but it wasn't getting me hurt enough to where 50 hurt me. Mm-hmm. It was just about Juvie was, like I say, going through a situation. He was up here dealing with a lawyer at the time. We had a bus driver uh, go by the name of CeeLo, who still rocks with Baby to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a relationship with Shy Money, which was uh, 50's manager at the time. Mm-hmm. CeeLo was able to get in contact with 50. 50 came over the bus. Not for me, but for Juvenile. juvenile yep. From that process, I was playing a song, though, in the front of the bus. 
and it it, it it touched Banks enough to the point where, you know, he went back to get 50 in the back of the bus like, yo, bro, you got to hit this. Or the record. It ended up being Bloodhound on 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying. Oh, wow. Straight up. I already had that record. That was my record. You know, uh, once 50 situations had happened with, with him, he reached back out. And it was more or less for the record, but I didn't have And he was asking me, you know, what's your situation? I was like, man, I ain't never, I, I was never even signed to UTP. Really? I took the contract, put it under my bed. <laughs> Straight up. I mean, the bed on the bus, right. you know what I'm saying? I was given a contract on the bus, on the, on the road, like, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I guess it was God. You know, I never got off into even signing it because I was looking at it like, you know, you know, homie trying to get himself together. So, and right. I knew how in depth it was, and how hard and how hard he was pushing to keep everything together. So I couldn't really see, mm -hmm. you know, what I would get out of being signed in that at that time. Mm -hmm. After we had met Fifty, and he had, uh, you know, made the record with him up here, what or whatnot. We left New York and went across the country to California. And going across the country to California, we was going on Suge Knight's time which I didn't have full recognition or full knowledge of what was going on because Juvenile was the one who was spearheading the business. We left New York and drove from New York to California. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that was really the beginning and the ending, in a sense, because, you know, once we got out there, I spent two weeks or so in the death row facilities. I'm recording all these different records and shugs taken to me and, you know, all these different things. And I kind of was reading the situation more of a, like, realizing that it wasn't just a juvenile being signed to death row. He was taking himself as well as the crew. I had no idea juvenile was signing to death row. I didn't yeah, know I'm that sure either. you didn't. I see a lot of people didn't. I've been speaking on it because it's, it's at this point, it's like, uh, you know, I just want to give my story. I'm an open book. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So it's like, and I'm, I'm yet to yet to feel like I've got my just doing this game. So it's not like what I'm putting out there is any false behind it or none of that. You know, at the end of the day, that's the way the direction was supposed to go. And uh, what happened with that? Why didn't it happen? Man, honestly, it's because uh, I honestly don't know Charlemagne to this very day. I ain't even had that conversation with Juvenile, even though I speak on it so much. I haven't had a chance to really see him to see where he at with things. Mm -hmm. Ever since I made the, the the bar, Juvie left me in California, and I don't respect that. I love him too much to beef, so I'm accept that. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to just step back and focus on Buck. I'm tired of riding in yours. I'm about to buy my own truck. You know, those are real bars, and I bought my own truck. But when I say that, I mean, and, you know, I was out there on Juvenile's time. We spent two, three weeks of recording with Shug, and uh, one morning I woke up, you know, ready for the same process, you know, went to Juvie's room, didn't get an answer when I knocked at the door, went to his brother's room, like, yo, bro, where your bro at? We got to get to work. We got to get over here. Man, I've been looking for him all morning. Mm -hmm. I don't know where he's at. What you mean you don't know where he at? He got the per diem. I'm hungry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he took care of everything, so it caused a turmoil throughout the crew. Mm. Everybody's looking for Juvie, and everybody's going to his brother like, yo, bro, what's going on? Where Juvie at? And then we get that phone call from the hotel. Saying, Time to check out. Y'all need to get out because Suge had called looking for him, and once his brother had told him Juvie wasn't there, one second later when he hung up, the hotel was calling saying, y'all need to get out. And, uh, you know, honestly, man, I don't know exactly what, you know, 
happened, I think Juvie had to go take care of legal issues or what or what not. And then, you know, they say he was supposed to sign the contract that day as well. So, like I say, when Juvie gets here or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, he'll be able to speak mm-hmm. on whatever the case may be. So and 50 didn't have to pay Juvie nothing to get you off? Not at he all. Wasn't he, he didn't sign. He didn't sign nothing. Yeah. Never signed nothing. And then you go he with had G to pay unit, me. And that G-Unit truck was running at that time. Yeah, Y'all really. were moving at that time. Without That's a good that you was moving around for so long without having signed anything anywhere. I didn't really have a, no- a lot of knowledge of the business, too, on, you know, percentages and things of that nature, how things worked without the business. So, you know, I was really, really fresh up off the block. Like you didn't have a lawyer or anything None to look that. at the contract. You would have probably, if things felt right, just signed it. Yeah. But you signed with 50, though. 50 made sure you signed. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until then. 50 a businessman. He was going to make sure he <laughs> And he made sure I had a million dollars before I even put an album out. Right. Wow. Straight up, I was a millionaire by, by the time we got off the Rock the Mic tour by just being on the stage with mm-hmm. 50. All right, we have more with Young Buck. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Young Buck in the building. You made a lot of money, but then there was a, a bunch of times where they said you had no money. Like, you, yeah. you lost everything. How did you How lose did I all mean, your money? Honestly, it was more of a situation where, you know, I had no knowledge of legal money. And how that rotated, I always got a hold of the paper and put it up in something mm-hmm. throughout my whole life. So when, you know, I come off this Rock the Mic tour and 50 telling me, yo, that account that I told you to set up, you need to go check it. And then I go over there and check the, the, the account envy and that, that thing's zero, 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 zero millions. I came back to 50 like, yo, bro, did you give me the right, the right amount? <laughs> word, like, did you make a mistake? And he laughed at it like, yo, that's yours. So and they ain't tell you about taxes. Nah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. That's so where he forgot to tell me. He forgot to tell me half of it was mine. <laughs> so I went, ran, done everything what I was did you supposed buy? to do. When you when you when you checked it, well, I bought, of course, jewelry, cars, <laughs> all the essential. Uh, a new rapper, hip hop, there you starter go. Pack. So the starter kit, I went and got the starter kit, the the the, the Bentleys, the jewelry. Uh, got me a big old house. One of the biggest mistakes I made was not buying my homes. You know, I, I was leasing to buy my homes, mm. put out all this money on my home, put all this money on, down on my mother's home, you know, bought a few cars, leasing a few cars. Sheesh. Next thing I know, I look up. And that one zero 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 is just zero. And then you get that knock at the door, this individual talking Next about time. where mine is. Mm-hmm. So then I, at the beginning, when I went to 50, like, yo, bro, you know, these folks talking about I owe this in Texas off of the money. Like, it was, a, it was an, I ain't going to say a joke, but he laughed about it. It was more like, man, this is what you need to do. You know, I'll take care of it. You know what I'm saying? But in that process, I think that's when we started to have our differences. You and Fifth? Yeah. Why, why was that? Honestly, Fifth, uh, he didn't see fit for the way I was carrying myself at times with individuals, I think, that he, he had problems with. He was with the world, with. and he wanted, he wanted to make sure everybody was riding with him. And he's supposed to in the end. At the same time, I was more or less focused on the fact that, you know, with some of the individuals I didn't have a personal situation with mm. mm-hmm. versus then him being big bro and having these situations. So it was kind of hard for me at that time when he having, in, he having you know, certain beats with individuals and then I run into these individuals and they looking to give me all the love in the world when I'm basically there to tear their head off. You know what I'm who saying? Who was the biggest one he yeah, had a problem it, with? Who, wasn't it somebody in particular? Was it the game or the murder angle? Who was it at the time? Was it I mean, Ross? Who was at it? the time, it was 
of course, murder ain't that was in the beginning, but you had a uh, Fat Joe. You know what I'm saying? Fat Joe, Joe. It was. They say you saw and you shook his hand or something like that. Yeah. I, well, no, nah, I never, I never saw Fat Joe to shake his hand. Me and me and Fat Joe had a small brief running in in Chicago. We had words back and forth type of situation. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Fat Joe now because him and Fifty, they they was able to move on. Yeah. Be right. Uh, game, of course, at that situation, you know what I'm saying? Uh, even with the locks, you know, it was kind of hard, especially with the relationship I got with Jada. Me and Jada had just kind of got, you know, acquainted with each other. Well, you know, we on the bus chilling with each other, and mm-hmm. then the next week or two... Piggy th- Bank comes up. There you go. So it was, <laughs> it was like, man, you know, it was just it was just that whole navigation of that situation, you know, even with, I think even with the, uh, with the dip set, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It got to the point where I was going to see what was up. You know, if I knew that these guys were somewhere around me, man, I'm not going to see here and act like I don't know you over here or not know that we on the same bill. I'm going to see what it is. And a few of them, they were able to stay in ground, at least enough with me, where I was able to come back and say, 50, no, man, I don't think these dudes really own that. And Jim was one of them. Shout out to Jim John. He was one that was like, man, I ain't really on that. And that's why y'all see back in the G where Jim Jones was able to come out on BET mm-hmm. in the midst of that whole tomo. It was more or less when 50, once we was there, uh, 50 was like, man, uh, you know, go down, go down down there and tell dude to come come holler because I was able to let 50 know, man, you know, it ain't that. I look at where things is at now with the whole social media thing and how it is now. And, and you're I, like, why nobody getting shot? Right. <laughs> That's it. I'm being as honest as I can. <laughs> now, you know, honestly, if social media was back then where it's at now, I think it would be so many dead rappers. Right. You know, and so much more because things were so realer than it was. You know, you, you had to at least address your situations or you would have been addressed, at least when it come to the unit. Now it's more or less who can say the most crazy craziness or yeah. make the most ridiculous meme. ridiculous meme they can find, yeah. you know what I'm saying? How did you feel when 50 put the phone call of you out crying or whatever it was? And at the end of the day, it's like, I'm handling it wrong. I done got out of line a little bit with you. I swear to God, I have. Yeah, you're gonna be all right. You hear me? I'm wrong. I just get confused. At the time, I felt like, man, you you, you tripping, basically. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't bad to me. It was more like, man, you did that. Yeah, y'all supposed to be brothers. We supposed to be bro. Like you, tr- it was more like, man, you captivating the moment of me becoming emotional of a situation dealing with you. I don't know if you was to put that there to make me look as a weak individual or whatever the case may be. But I think overall, I don't think Fifty was paying attention to the fact that it's not wrong to shed tears, especially about individuals or anybody who you, you know, as a man, of course we. We, we, we got this thing about ourselves where crying is not the, the the way of giving it off, especially to another man. But my thing wasn't a face-to-face crying in front of 50. It was more or less I became emotional out of the conversation. I haven't seen him. You know, it, it was more like, this is my brother. I'm, I got these situations. Now, the time he released it was perfect. <laughs> you know? how did, how did but you was that? apologizing, though. Yeah, That's the thing. I, like, it, I didn't understand. Like, you was giving it up to him. Like, I was wrong. Right. Right, and I never understood that part neither. How did y'all become cool after all of that? Time healed everything. Mm. I never spoke to 50 for seven years. Mm. Straight. 
But Yayo and, and um, neither Floyd, one of them. None of them. So how did y'all finally speak? I went to prison, and when I went to prison, I made a decision to myself. When I get out, I would stretch out, just to, for clarity for mm -hmm. myself. It, I went to prison fighting fit. You know what I'm saying? I went to prison with nothing. I lost everything. Uh, I lost my house, my mother's house, all my cars. You know, they came, took everything out of my house. And then here it is, I'm fighting to be off a contract at the time, you know, to be able to get out and make money because he wasn't allowing me to do so much at the time or allowing me to do things. So I'm fighting, you know, both situations. And I just said, enough is enough. So when I came home, I stressed out to 50. He reached back. He was like, uh, let's see what we can come up with. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I had flew up here and uh, we had a face-to-face -face sit down. He explained to me, you know, some of the differences of, of the, the way he was feeling at the time. And then honestly, just to be real, I think when we both kind of got out on both sides of things, it was more or less where we realized it was more of a big misunderstanding than any kind of beef. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really made him say, you know what, let's go back at this again. You never wanted to leave G-Unit? Like, I've I seen recently that Lloyd Banks is, is off of G-Unit now. That you never wanted to go that route. You figured this was, was best for, for Buck. I mean, you kind of did. I did. In, yeah. in the beginning. Uh, I mean, you know, once we fell out, I was trying my best to get off G-Unit. Mm -hmm. Did and anybody think... in that shady aftermath G-Unit circle try to reach out? Because, I mean, you did stab somebody for Dr. Dre. That got to <laughs> that gotta mean something. Allegedly. Right? Allegedly, right. Uh, nah. Nah, ain't nobody ever stressed out to me, Charlemagne. None of them. Not, not nobody. Not when Dre, I, not M, no. Not, no, nobody. So anybody that you may see me have any kind of relationship with in this industry from any kind of perspective, and rapper you ever see me on a picture with, the only individual I can truly honestly say is Boosie and 2 Chains. Mm. Mm. Straight up. Like, I didn't get one visit in prison. Both sentences. Not one? Not one. I, I didn't allow my family or children to come see me because I didn't want them to be staying with the memory of where I was at. All right, we got more with Young Buck when we come back. Let's get into a Young Buck mini mix, all right? Let me know your favorite Young Buck joint. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Young Buck is here. Now, what happened the night of the, the Vibe Awards? When you stab somebody for Dr. Dre. Let's talk about that night. Because a lot of kids don't know that. That's a great story. Because they, you, you, they said you, you walked in and you said, what's you crazy, man. You got to be the liveest dude in the world. I swear. Like, on this interview, dude, is crazy, man. They said, they said you, you, you said you spoke to Suge Knight before you walked in as a, hey, what's going on? Yeah, it was, it was look. So you walked in there, and, 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 and what was the scene? Set the scene for the kids and, and everybody that don't know. Man, it was the Vibe Awards. The whole team was there. It was the first time we all been collectively together. I mean, me, Banks, Yayo, 50, Dre, mm -hmm. M, Game, everybody. We all was sitting there at, at a table. But on the entrance of walking in, I was walking with uh, B, 50, I think M and Dre was there. And uh, Petey Pablo at the time was with Suge. They was off to the side. And then I look and hear Suge like, Buck, come here. So that right there immediately was... Was the start. Right. Because here it is. He's hollering, Buck, come here. But you were Dre. So he's doing that to try to son Dre. Yeah. yeah. That's so weird. I, I, uh, when, when he spoke, I went on to the table. But I got that vibe of, I didn't feel right in there because mm -hmm. I looked around and everybody who we had issues with at the time was there. We sitting in the middle, Charlemagne. You got, you know... 
Murdering, Chris Gotti, all them dudes over there, whatever, on the left hand side. And I didn't want to move from that table because I felt it that much, but I had to because we had to present the next award, me and Banks. So, you know, of course, they pick us up to walk us to the stage, and I get to the stage, and uh, we were paying attention to the teleprompter to know our cue when to walk on, and that's when we seen the commotion go crazy. And uh, when I walked to the front of the stage, like I said, I had no idea who the commotion was with or what. I get to the front of the stage, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking for 50, and I don't see him. And I see 50 or pretty much nobody, but I look, and I see Dre, you know, going for what he, he know. Dre you know was throwing I'm blows? Dre was trying to make sure he come up out that thing. Dre you was know trying to get saying? out of Dodd. <laughs> he wasn't playing with him, Beast though. by Dre for real? Beast by, Beast by Dre. Beast by Dre ain't doing no playing, man. Yeah. <laughs> The muscles ain't there for no play. I don't know what individuals that, but Dre was doing what he had to do, you know, in that situation. And, uh, you know, like I say, some big dudes he was he was pushing his line with at the time, and it was more like, uh, nah, this can't happen like this. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. I, I jumped off the stage, and all of a sudden, one of the individuals that was, that was right there really giving Dre a little hard time, I seen him buckle to his knees and fall and fall and... Next thing, I was gone. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really know exactly how things played. Did, did you sneak a knife in the Vibe Awards? Or did you grab something off, off the, the table? table? There goes Charlemagne with that thing again, bro. It was a fork on the table. <laughs> oh, it was a fork. Yeah, it was a fork. fork on the table. Right. Charlemagne, went, when whatever went down, I looked over there, and I seen dude messed up. So I like, they going to think I done it. So I picked up the fork and waved the fork around. That fork saved my life because I picked up the fork and made sure I turned around, you know, like this, because I'm doing cameras everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Throw the fork. You know, when I throwed the fork, that was my whole thing, man. I ain't done nothing to nobody. I had a fork in my hand mm. in the midst of the trial. You know what I'm saying? And I had a fork, bro. What That's are y'all saying? everybody was like, he stabbed him with a fork. Stabbed him with a fork. And then they were more or less like, no, you didn't. I'm like, well, yes, I did. And then they said, well, we're going to send a forensics team in there. And out of grace of God, they sent the forensics team in there. And out of all the forks in that building, they found the one fork <laughs> with my fingerprint. <laughs> Yikes. Straight up and down. So, you know, that helped, you know, and the situation. Basically, I walked away from... Uh, that situation going from a attempted a, attempted murder, later it was dropped to a aggravated assault, and then it was dropped to a simple assault with nothing but three years of unsupervised provision uh, probation to serve. After I completed that, it had been six years later, but that's the felony that they used to convict me mm. with the gun charge. Wow. Got you. It was so crazy that I even went back out. Like I say, it's six years later. Mm. I only had three years of it. I went back at the time. I'm arguing with the judge. Hey, man, this felony that you even trying to use to send me to federal prison with, I completed that three years ago. Man, I can go out here and get it taken care of. We went and done it. And before I even went and court started, technically I didn't even have a felony because, I, like I say, that was the only felony. Got expunged, yes. And got it expunged. But even the judge, the judge said, uh, you was a felony. You was charged as a felony at the time you got the case, and we going forward with it. Wow. So, you know, like I say, long story short, my lawyer at the time is now the head of the whole district attorney of my city. Hmm. Wow. So I was kind of 
kind of in one of them situations where it was like, uh, we need that vote. Give me that vote for this conviction. It's the biggest conviction our city ever had. We'd be able to send Buck to prison. I need your vote, though. That's what I think that's mm. what it was all about because uh, I've got numerous of individuals around me that's been caught with numerous of guns and never been to prison. But they needed that buck name for that they vote. They needed that buck name for that, bu- that vote and that conviction. And so I went down my time, did it, it's back behind me. I'm so focused on where I got to go now because of what I done been through then. So Dre owe you a couple beats. Yeah just, yeah, just to put a button on that. Did Dr. Dre say thank you? Yeah, he owe you a couple At beats. At least now. Did he... I'm going to be real. Some headphones, something. I just talked to Dre for the first time probably, probably 30 days ago. Mm. Isn't he executive producing your album? We Him and 50? We on it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm Okay, on that's it. the O. He O. You know yeah, what he yeah. O. I put myself out there on a limb in a sense. You know, I've been working out there with Battle Cat. Mm-hmm. And uh, Battle Cat got a real close relationship with Dre. And Battle Cat like, yo, bro, I'm going to be honest, man. This music that you're making... I haven't heard nothing like this of course, since Pac and all of that good stuff. He's like, man, I got to holler at Dre. So I'm like, hold on, what? Like I say, I don't have even the ways in getting in touch with him. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, bro, listen, i just been trying to speak to Dre, bro. Since I stabbed somebody for him. Allegedly. Allegedly. Pretty Allegedly. much. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, right? Allegedly. So he like, you know, uh, man, I'm going to get him on the phone, man, honestly, man. And, uh, Man, he got Dre right there on the phone. I was like, yo, Dre, what up, bro? Uh, I got a lot to say. If you looking, if you would just pay me some attention right now at this point, I'm at the best I've ever been. He like, where you at? Pull up. Wow. And honestly, man, he thought I was in L.A. I was in Seattle at the I'd time. I'd have pulled up still. I'd be like, I'll be in On my mama, I tried. I literally <laughs> tried. And he was on his way uh, in L.A. at the time to go uh, to Coachella. Mm-hmm. He was just like, man, I'm on my way to Coachella real quick, and as uh, soon as I get back, man, just pull up, and we'll go from there. So, you know, it ain't even just about Dre. You know, I want to have a quick powwow with Eminem. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to focus at this point. I heard hey. G, you might be signing the Def Jam. Is that the rumor that's out there? Yes, so you started that. No, I think it was a picture 50 posted with Paul Rosenberg. Now, they might say that I started it, because yeah, you, I've been I forgot, speaking on... on somebody's show. I forgot who you showed you. Yeah, on. honestly... I got G on the South. Cashville Records is my company. G on the South is the label. I got a lot of artists. I got like four or five artists right now that's super duper crazy. And 50 was like, you know, uh, he asked me would I be interested in, in, in taking my situation over that way. And I told him, yeah, you know, if, if it's a possibility and it works out that way, of course, I wouldn't mind taking my situation to Def Jam, especially with Paul being over there. Uh, me understanding Paul in business and he plays no games with things so yep. of course you know what I'm saying I would love to be over there and and take what I got going over there but far as actual G-Unit as a company now nah, I think it's more of a G-Unit South and what, gotcha. what I got going on yeah well there you have it it's Young Buck Young Buck yeah man it's the Breakfast Club good morning The Breakfast Club Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, happy born day to our guy uh, Jesse Smollett too, man. He's thirty five today. And Jesse Smollett, DJ Scratch. Drop on the clues bombs with Jesse Smollett and DJ Scratch. Mm-hmm. Today is Atheist Solidarity Day. <laughs> Why do y'all have that on here? That's National Selfie Day. Okay, so all the atheists should take a selfie to get a selfie together to show solidarity. 
So you combine the two holidays. I'm trying to plan something for next Friday, yeah, but I'll talk to you behind the scenes. Can we do scenes. rumors? Yeah, but I need a, a, a little person, female. Can you get me one? Yes. Her, her, first of all, first of all, uh, keep that little, keep that little thought, keep those little thoughts to yourself. I'm not even gonna be here next Friday. So. Oh, you're not gonna be here next Friday for your birthday. I'm not, I'm not coming here. You guys cannot do rumors, please. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's get to rumors. So Nicki Minaj. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Well, Nicki Minaj took to Instagram yesterday to share her own experiences as an illegal immigrant. She said when she was five years old, she came to this country. I can't imagine the horror of being in a strange place and having my parents stripped away from me at the age of five. This is so scary to me. Please stop this. Can you try to imagine the terror and panic these kids feel right now, not knowing if their parents are dead or alive, if they'll ever see them again? So that was her own experience that she posted on Instagram. Mm. All right, XXXTentacion has broken Taylor Swift's single-day global streaming record on Spotify. You nobody till somebody kills you, huh? All right, his song Sad got up to 10.4 million streams on Spotify, and they said um, that number was verified as well. So Taylor Swift's Look What You Made Me Do had gotten 10.1 million streams on the service when it came out. I heard they're getting closer and closer to uh, catching the killers. I'm seeing a lot of things they arrested somebody. on they, social media, but I'm waiting to get some official reports. I saw they've been mom. on social media since the day it happened, just telling on all, themselves. Yeah, they said they arrested somebody. This all morning. kinds of things. So. I can't wait to give them the donkey of the day. Oh, my God. You Jesus know what? Christ. I'm going to tell you something else that's been happening with all of this. Uh, an elderly couple in Southwest Florida, they've been getting death threats and frightening visits from fans of XXXTentacion because there was a rumor on social media saying that the killer stayed at their address. So one person showed oh up with a pizza and tried to pose as a delivery guy to try to ambush the person. And they said, of course, we didn't order this pizza. Oh, boy. And then they said that the person came back two more times. The person was identified mm, by mm, cops mm, as 20-year-old mm, Jesse mm. Gonzalez. And uh, they said that he responded he was looking for someone who killed his friend. Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Florida. All right. Now, here's what the couple actually had to say about the whole situation that's been happening to them. I was very nervous, and I still am. I, uh, I refuse to be forced out of my house because of people who threaten me. All right. So Can they, you imagine that? Them young no, people coming to them old people's house talking about XXTentacion and nah, them old people like, what I, you mean you want an extension code? I ain't got no extension and code. And I'm, I'm surprised because, you know, Florida, you can own a weapon. I'm surprised the old people see somebody coming in their house barging talking about pizza. That's I ain't delivering no pizza. That's a fact. I'm surprised. Well, the person didn't barge in the house. They just showed up and rang the bell and pretended to be a delivery person and kept showing up. So they didn't, like, run in the home or anything. Uh -huh. Oh, they kept ringing the bell hoping that the guy would open the door or something I don't, like that? Yeah, I, I, maybe when they saw the elderly people, they knew it wasn't them uh, and they were looking not, for someone else. Okay. I'm not trying to make sense of nothing in Florida. <laughs> mm -hmm. Stop like, right now. All right, Black China is single again, as we told you, and here's what sources close to her are saying. This is what they told TMZ. She felt disrespected because he was going into girls' DMs, trying to holla, and he was hanging out with different women after performances, and not to mention there's a rumor that he may have possibly gotten a woman pregnant. So sources are saying there's no confirmation yet that he's got a child on the way, but she has had enough. He's 18, so I'm sure he's still doing him. 
All right, Mary J. Blige, in the meantime, is officially single. Drop on the clues bombs for Mary J. Blige, damn it. The judge did sign off on her divorce yesterday. They reached a settlement back in March, and so now they have gotten everything, their assets split. Re- they reached all the details of that. The terms are confidential. But he did try to get 130000 per month in spousal support. We don't know if he got that, but everything is confidential. So Shout out to Mary. It's officially over. They, be- they got married in 2003. There you have it. But on the good side of things as well, Mary J. Blige will be starring in a horror thriller movie called Body Cam. So she's going to be in the leading role in that. So congratulations to Mary J. Blige. She's going to portray a police officer who starts seeing visions and starts to investigate a cover-up. That sounds sounds interesting. I I, I always want to see a horror movie based off a police officer who kills an unarmed black man and then the unarmed black man comes back and haunts the police officer and his family. Well, that's not this one. (laughs) That's not this one. Let me stop giving away my ideas on the radio. What am I doing? All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. (laughs) Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, now Charlemagne. Leave me alone. Charlemagne. Oh, and I was supposed to do this. I forgot all about it. We got to talk about the iHeart Festival. Oh, you going back? The daytime stage to our iHeart Radio Music Festival is at the festival grounds next to Circus Circus. And tickets for the daytime stage VIP suite do go on sale this Friday. That's tomorrow at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. It's $179 per ticket. You can get those tickets at iHeartRadio.com slash tickets. That gives you a VIP ticket to the daytime stage at the iHeart Festival. Also, you get to be in the VIP pit in front of the stage if you want. Access to the VIP entrance to the Vegas Festival Grounds. VIP suite access providing three levels of viewing, including open-air patio, indoor air-conditioned seating options, and private food and drink area. So you can come and see Logic, Little Uzi Vert, Belly, everybody that's going to be out there. Now, speaking of Little Uzi Vert, Charlemagne, now... I love Little Uzi Vert. I know. That's that's what I'm trying to do. Now, we I've been trying to figure out, next Friday is your birthday, right? And there's two things that you said you love. You said you love... A sassy person like Lil Uzi Vert. I love a sassy gay man. Not saying Lil Uzi is or, gay, but I love me a little sassy savage. Or a little uh, person stripper. You said that kind of looks like Toya, because that's, that's all. Yeah, right. Yes. Hey, that's your fantasy. So which one would you prefer? Because we're trying to set this up for your birthday on Friday. I'm not going to be here. So, Why would you tell him that anyway? Because I got to figure out which one he likes. I'm like. not, not going to be here next Friday. All right, so we'll do it Thursday. So which one you prefer? Surprise me. All right. All right. You got money. Get both. <laughs> Get both. Oh, he's, he's kinky. This guy's kinky. He wants both. I'm just saying. All right. All right. If you're going to do it, do it big for me. Uh, you know we'll do it big for you. All right. <laughs> I have a really good one for you. Let me hit him up. All right. I mean, her. Oh, my goodness. All right. Don't get a day's up next don't week. Bring no, don't bring in no little, little person <laughs> with a penis now. <laughs> Telling you right now. <laughs> Who are you giving your dog? The person to? with a penis come in here and try to grind on me. I'm yelling me too. All right. And I'm going to defend myself and I'm going I'm I'm to punt him. <laughs> you going to punt him. Letting <laughs> <laughs> you know that right now. Oh, my gosh. Come on, you stop showing me those pictures. Who are you giving your donkey to, man? Uh, we need Peter Fonda to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. Okay. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Charlemagne, say the gang, donkey, other day. You are. Donkey. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I might not have the song of the day, but I got the Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a Donkey, man, <laughs> hit it with the heat. Yeah, it's a breakfast club, bitch. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Can you see my hairline? No. It's back. You don't have far. one. I don't have one, right? No. You sure? I do need a haircut. A little robocopish, but you Let me put, put my hat on just in case. Yeah, it do look a little... Donkey of the day Whoa. for Thursday. Shut up. On the camera, it's really shiny. Knock it off. 
Donkey of the Day for Thursday, June 21st goes to actor Peter Fonda, brother of Jane Fonda. Uh, do your Googles or ask your grandparents about Jane Fonda and Peter Fonda. They can put you on the game. Jane is 80 and Peter is 78. Peter is known as the younger brother of Jane Fonda, but calling a 78-year-old man someone's younger brother is a reach to me. They are both senior citizens. In fact, to me, he is not her younger brother. He is her slightly less older than her brother. Now, Peter has been a, been in a bunch of films and TV shows that I have never watched, but he's won Golden Globes for uh, Best Actor in the 1997 film Yuli's Gold. He was nominated for an Academy Award for that same role. He was in Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, in 2004. Look, he's lived a good life. Okay, and like a lot of people this week, he has been emotional over the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy that split illegal immigrant children from their parents. And your Uncle Shala always tells y'all, don't ever move off emotion, move off strategy. Because when you move off emotion and say emotionally driven things, you will probably end up apologizing for whatever it is you said. And Peter Fonda is no different. Now, one of the first things any of us with children thought about when we heard about parents being separated from children at the border and children being put in cages is there's no way the people doing this, the people responsible for this can have kids. Okay, I have a nine and two year old, both girls, and I get anxiety even thinking about this being a possibility. Like, who gonna handle my two year old if you put her in a tender age facility as they call it? Uh, my two year old is like Jack Jack off The Incredibles. Okay, she is a handful. And I'm her father, and my patience wears thin. So what is a complete stranger? You know, what kind of patience is a complete stranger going to have with her? Zero. Okay, so in my heart, I'm like, who are these cold-hearted human beings implementing this zero-tolerance policy who have zero empathy for other people's children? Because what if it was their kids? That's my whole gauge for everything in life, by the way. I don't do anything to anyone I wouldn't want done to me. It's the simplest rule in the universe. They teach us this in kindergarten. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, okay? This concept isn't difficult. And Peter Fonda feels the same way we all feel, okay? Donald Trump, what if that was your kids? Anyone who asked that question is asking a very logical question. So I know you're saying to yourself... Then why is Peter Fonda getting donkey of the day, Charlemagne? Well, Peter Fonda asked that question, but he put... Too much sauce on it. Okay, too much sauce. And in the words of our radio consultant, Dennis Clark, too much sauce on anything is disgusting. Let's go to John Berman on CNN for the report. Actor Peter Fonda now apologizing for this Twitter rant where he said the president's 12-year-old son should be ripped from, quote, his mother's arms and put in a cage with pedophiles. Fonda went on to call the president a vulgar name. The Secret Service was alerted. The tweet was later deleted. Fonda said he was upset by the family separations at the border, but admitted he went way too far. This is the equivalent of Q, Bishop, Raheem, and Still going to Old Man Quill's store to rob it. Everybody down to rob the store. We have agreed on that part. And then Bishop shoots Old Man Quill's in the head. What the f is wrong with you? What the f you have to shoot him for, man? You didn't have to shoot him, man. You didn't have to shoot him, Peter. Okay, you could have simply... You know, left 14 characters out your tweet, and it would have been perfectly fine. If anyone out there doesn't know what those 14 characters are, he could have simply left out with pedophiles. Okay, what do pedophiles have to do with this, Peter? All you had to say was, we should rip Baron Trump from his mother's arms and put him in a cage and see if mother will stand up against the giant a-hole she is married to. Simple! This is a prime example of Law 47 in the 48 Laws of Power. Do not go past the mark you aim for in victory. Learn when to stop. All right, Peter, you won with that tweet. But often in the heat of victory, arrogance and overconfidence can push you past the goal you had aimed for. And by going too far, you make more enemies than you defeat. Peter, you went too far. Okay, now you have made an enemy of the Secret Service. And at 78 years old, don't be surprised if Peter just all of a sudden, wink, wink, drops dead of a heart attack.
or all of a sudden, wink, wink, commits suicide, or all of a sudden, gets audited. Please let Remy Ma give Peter Fonda the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker. Are you dumb? All right. You just left the pedophiles out of it, bro. Mm. Mm-hmm. All too right. far. Thank you for that donkey today. Up next, Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? This is Wesley. Hey, Wesley. What's your question for ye, bro? I was just wondering how to deal with an overly sensitive girl. What do you mean by overly sensitive? Um, She might take things personal that don't apply to her. Like, you make, like, a social media post or... So she thinks you're subtweeting her? No. Um, but I could just tweet something in general and she's like, well, who was you talking to? Or I'm not like that. And I'm like, this don't got nothing to do with you. This might have been something I heard or something I... Like, to give me an example of something you might tweet that she thinks is about her. Skinny girls with big butts because she's not the skinniest girl. Like, she's a thick girl, curvy girl. You know what I'm saying? But she's she a curvy girl. She looks good. But, like... Also, growing up, I wasn't used to uh, dating curvy girls or whatever, so, like, I just know what it feels like to see a skinny girl with a fat foot, and she's like, well, I'm not like that, and I'm like, that's fine. I just know what it's like for guys who see girls with skinny butts, man. She probably doesn't want you commenting on other women's bodies at all, and she's feeling insecure about that. Okay, so I should just not say anything at all. Duh! You can can talk about whatever you want to on Twitter, but I would probably stay away from commenting on what women's bodies look like because you are in a relationship, so she is going to wonder, where did this just come from? Okay, understood. I was just wondering... And and because you are aware of the situation and you know that she's insecure, you should kind of think twice about her feelings. I do. Um. (laughs) All right, bro. Appreciate it. All righty now. Maya, good morning. Good morning. What's your question for Yee? So, Yee, me and my boyfriend, we've been together for about six years now. We have a daughter. Um, Everything is going good. We have a good relationship. But I absolutely hate his mother, like, with a passion. Like, I I hate her. Hate is a strong word, but I hate her. So, we've been talking about marriage and things like that. But it's like, how can you marry someone who hates your mother and your mother hates them? Like, how how does that work? Well, it happens all the time. And the main thing is that you guys are going to have to set some boundaries. If you hate his mom, his mom hates you. It's a terrible situation to be in, but, you know, I've had to do this before a long time ago and basically just avoid her at all costs and try to stay out the way, make sure she stays out your way, minimal contact. And hopefully uh, during the course of time, the period, the relationship will get a little bit better when she sees that you're not going anywhere at all. And it's going to be more on him to try to mend things because you can't tell somebody about their own mom. You know, I'm sure he loves his mom regardless, no matter what. So you kind of just got to stay out the way. You know, hopefully things will get better and hopefully he can help with that process. But you don't want that to affect your relationship. So you don't want to take out how you feel about his mom on him. Right. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Good luck. Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you got a question for Yee, you can call her right now. And what's your email, Yee? It is helpmeyee at gmail.com. Hey, Good morning, up, everybody. Club. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello. Who's this? Lexi. Hey, Lexi. Can you take us off Bluetooth? I know it might be hard, but you sound a little airy. Can you hear me? Okay, that's better. What's your question for Yee? Hey, I've been married for almost a year now. It'll be a year next month. Congrats. And lately, my husband has been coming home late at night. Now, granted, he does work in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. 
but he's been coming home late at night, and something told me last night to check his location, Ooh. and he was at a hotel. Oh, well, you know what that means. And I want to know, am I crazy for thinking, uh, for jumping to conclusions? Yeah, absolutely not. Did you ask him where he was? He said he was hanging out with a friend who's living in an extended stay hotel. So you told him ahead of time that you checked his location and he was at a hotel and then that was his explanation? Or when you asked him, that's what he said? When I asked him, that's what he said. And when he came home, I told him, well, I saw your location and I saw you were at a hotel. And he was like, yeah, that's where my friend is living right now. And so he just went there, didn't even check in with you to let you know what he was doing or let you know I'm not coming home after work, I'm going here. Nope. That's a problem. Communication is a problem. Seems like he probably told you that because he knew that you knew already. So he mm-hmm. might he might not have told you otherwise. Your gut instinct is telling you what? That he's cheating. Okay, so uh, you guys need to have a real conversation. There's nothing worse than being cheated to and then lied to on top of it. Yeah. So if he's not going to come clean about it, I'm sure if you do some investigating, you can find out whatever it is that you need to know. But it sucks when you get to a point in a relationship and it's only been, you know, a year since you've been married that you have to spy on your significant other or not trust them or not believe what they say and feel Mm -hmm. like uh, I know what's really going on and he's not being honest with me. Yeah. So I think you guys need to have a real heart to heart. If you don't feel like he's going to be honest with you, just pay attention to the clues, pay attention to the signs, you know, do some digging and see what you can come up with. But know that whatever you find, you have to have it in your head that if you're going to stay, there's no point in you going through all of this. You can tell him what it is that you know and hope that he stops. But if you know whatever information you're going to find out could affect your relationship, that's when you really should, you know, go hard to find out what it is and know what it is like. uh, You might potentially leave him. Yeah. But what scares me is that He's raising my daughter as his own. Mm-hmm. And if I leave, then she has no father figure. Um, You know what? She has her mom who loves her very much. And you don't want to raise your daughter in an environment where she gets to see her uh, father figure, you know, not treating her mom the way she deserves to be treated. Mm-hmm. Now, you sure he wasn't visiting his friend? Did you ask him what friend was there? He told me a friend's name, but I don't know most of his male friends. I only know the female. And you know, so it's not, can you, be something out of the blue. can you go out at night and not tell him where you went and just come home whenever and not even be like, hey, I'm going over here to hang out with my friend? I'll send him a text and be like, hey, I'm going to this place. Right. That's all he had to do. I went out for drinks and didn't tell him and showed up home drunk. All right. Well, listen, do some more digging, but you know, hopefully you can have a conversation with, with him and he can be honest about things. Ask him who the friend is. Tell him you want to meet this friend. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, good luck, Mama. Sorry. Thank you. All right, ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you got a question for Yee, you could call her at any time. Yee, we got rumors on the way? Yes, let's talk about a rapper who is now uh, being investigated for allegedly beating up a photographer. Okay, we'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Come on, boy, boy. Can you get it up? Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk XXX. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The, the Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Well, as you know, the police have been investigating, trying to find out who arrest, who killed XXX Tentacion. Have they really been investigating or have the murderers just been telling on themselves all well, week? Well, the they've been doing a lot of watches. they've been doing a lot of online investigating. So yeah. they've been offering a, a reward of up to three thousand dollars for anybody that could provide information. And they said they were looking at a lot of social media to try to get that. And mm-hmm. here's a social media uh, post that seems to be very telling on 
who killed XXXTentacion. Well, apparently the bag that was taken from the car was also in this video that was posted. No. On yeah, the guy basically was showing the Louis ba Louis bag, and, and some then yeah, somebody else jumped in and said, "You dumbass, you, you just, just told on yourself. yourself. You told on the bag." And the dude told him, "Hey, man, shut the f up, or you'll be next." All right. This is crazy, man. Well, the suspect's name is Dedrick D. Williams. He's 22 years old. He's being booked now for first-degree murder, a probation violation for theft of a car, motor vehicle, and driving without a valid license. So it's not clear right now if police are still looking for another suspect as well. But uh, he is being held without bail. So it was what a stolen it? car. I guess the car was stolen also. They said they're looking for two more suspects. Yeah, two more suspects. Actually. Listen, man, good riddance. Satan got a two for one. One black man dead, another in jail, and more to come for absolutely nothing. That's the way it works. And I love the fact that you guys have been on social media telling on yourselves all week because it makes police officers' jobs easy. And the problem is these kids are living in a simulation through their smartphones, but they don't realize the rest of the world is not a simulation. All right. Well, we'll keep you guys updated as we're getting this information in. Uh, Rich the Kid, in the meantime, is uh, under investigation, and that's for battery after he allegedly beat up a photographer outside of Mastro's in Beverly Hills. He was leaving with a female friend last week, and then the photographer asked if that's, he, you know, he was jogging to his car, and the photographer asked him, is that how you ran from Lil Uzi Vert? And that's when Rich Damn. the Kid went back to the photographer, got into an argument, things got physical, and allegedly he punched the photographer, and then his female friend allegedly grabbed the camera, and they ran. So I'm going to be honest with you, man. Hmm? Drop on the clues bomb for Rich the Kid. I'm happy for him. Well, he's just trying to come back in the series. He was down too old, man. It was the little Uzi <laughs> thing. Then he got the home invasion. Right. Man, he had to get one, man. Can a man get one game, man? But, but why, would the, why would the paparazzi ask him? Hey, man, I got to get one, man. I'm having a bad month, man. People have been whipping my ass all month You going to keep long, pushing man. me, man. You gonna I'm not going to lie. That's how you, you ran. You yes. might have did the same thing to him. I'm minding my business. That's how you ran. With that man, you know listen, what? Come here. Come, let me talk to you. That man, man too close to the edge, man. Man, Uzi had him in Starbucks, allegedly. And then the home invasion. You can't play with me right now, that's man. That's how Don't you ran with Little Easy Bird. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. You know what? Come, come here, let me talk to you, paparazzi that's all, guy. Man, that's all. Let Rich, me talk to you. Rich the Kid 2-1 this month. He coming trying to come back in this series. My goodness. All right, now this isn't fair, but Aisha Curry's restaurant in Houston, International Smoke, has been getting one-star reviews on Yelp. People are saying this is absolutely the worst place to go because it's in Houston, oh, damn. by the way. And one person said barbecue was extremely chewy and a choking hazard. So all of these one-star reviews. But guess what? The place isn't even open for another month. So it seems very unfair, and I'm sure you can uh, guess why people it, are saying that her restaurant is yeah, awful. Maybe she should she should have opened up in the Bay Area. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. And she does have one in the Bay Area. Oh, she has one mm -hmm. in the Bay why Area. Why would you open up a restaurant in a place where your team... Your man's team just eliminated them in the Western Conference. Well, I'm sure Absolutely. she's had this plan before that happened. Nah. Because it's a long process to get the lease, to build out the space, nah. to hire the staff. Nah. It's opening in a month, so I'm sure you should open one she's in been San having Francisco. this restaurant in the works for, you know, probably damn near a year. She already got one in the Bay. It's Oakland, so maybe San Francisco. Mm -hmm. That's also the Bay Area. And Charlotte, because that's where Steph Curry's from. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I would have stayed with those two. Yeah. That's all. I wouldn't with the Come Houston. on. <laughs> All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Definitely not Cleveland either. So now, Charlamagne, right? What? Next Friday's your birthday, right? Bruh. Oh, shoot. We, we've been trying to figure it's this out, It's a bad right? bitch birthday. Now, Bruh. you know, you, you've said on this radio numerous times that you're into two things, right? One thing that you said you're into is you said you like a sassy man, like a, like a like, little Uzi no, Vert. No, I like sassy savages. I like people that move like little Uzi Vert. Okay. okay. 
All right, so we were thinking Trav, maybe have Trav come up here because he's a little sassy guy. Trav ain't savage, though. Oh. Uh, he might be. He might be. I so see follow Tra- him on Instagram. I got to see Trav in some pink sneakers and some loose sweatpants with a white T-shirt. Oh, here's a picture of that right here. Ready to rumble. My goodness. And then you said you, you would like a little person that looks like Toya Wright. Been wanting that for years. So those are your two fantasies. So I'm, I'm going to try to make one of them happy for your, for, happen for your birthday. All that money you got don't make one happen. Make two happen, sir. I got to find these people. I got to find a little person that looks like Toya Wright. It's difficult, bro. Not really. Google, um... Google a uh, celebrity lookalike little people. <laughs> wow, so you've done this. Yeah, you've yes, done this before. <laughs> Google celebrity okay. lookalike little people. All right. Well, I wonder if there's a little person that looks like Charlemagne. I'm sure. Celebrity lookalike. He got, yeah, Charlemagne. Charlemagne's a little person. That I'm like five foot boy. seven, sir. Uh, oh, yeah, you, you're right. Yeah, see? <laughs> All right, well, we, we'll, we'll try to make that happen for your birthday. But up next is the People's Choice Mix. If you want to hear something, 800-585-1051. Shout to Revolt. We'll see you guys later. All right, 800-585-1051. Get your request in now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.